Welcome to the Ask Brian Podcast Radio Show, where you'll hear from some of the most successful founders and CEOs of businesses and startups, sharing their best advice for success, and even some stories on how their mistakes actually make them even more successful. Now, here are your hosts, Brian and Tracy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're listening to the Ask Brian Radio Show on KHS 1220 and 98.1 FM. Well, every week we have the Ask Brian Show. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, we have a guest. We have a guest. Who's the guest? The owner. And? and the news director. Well, you got to say it. News director. News director. Newsroom. And the owner. Oh, wow. So oh, whoa, 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 whoa. How loud your yell is going to be on whether you're going to stay on the air today. Okay. So should I get louder than I normally yeah, am? we're going to get really loud. All right. Today. So we're going to say, yes, Brian, what are we going to say? <laughs> Tell us. Go. Ah! Ah! Wow. That was the owner of the station as well as her bodyguard. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's a, an unusual way to start the show. That's not how we normally do it. Our guest is like going, is that how it always is? No, it's not. Today was a unique event. Okay. So every week we have the Ask Brian Radio Show. It is a business show where we try to help out business owners. It can be local or internet business owners. It doesn't matter what. And we try to help them out with something about business. That's our goal each week. Our pilot was in December 2016, and our show started January 2017. It's been going on every single week. So we have a couple episodes here, probably a little bit of stuff if people want to learn something. We typically have a founder of a company or somebody that knows something very specific to a specific business niche or something where, where you can learn something. And that's what the Yes Brian show is about. We have my co-host, Alex Grossman. Is Alex there? Mr. Brian Johnson, good to be here today. It sounds like I missed the opportunity to come into the studio today and spend time with you and be able to yell. I really feel bad about that. I really wanted to yell today. Well, that's why we brought in two outside yellers. So now we had three. <laughs> <laughs> we had Louie, Jerry, and Peter. So, uh, And that's not the rock band, the Beatles, but it's close. And so we, we have a show each week. Alex, you had some questions because you didn't understand why Brian is spelled with an E. I had a conversation with you earlier, so I do have to tell the audience. The show is called. Well, you got to tell the audience the truth is that, you know, you just spelled it with an E because it was easier? Or, or why was that? Because Alex has a name. When you spell Alex's name, it's A L E X. And when you spell Peter's name, it's P E T E R. So there's so many E's going on. We have to spell Brian with an E. But the real, real reason why we spell Brian with an E is not because we own the pub down the street called or Brian's Pub. And we want to go get, you know, a couple of chases of beer. That's not the real reason why Brian spelled with an E. Most people do spell Brian B-R-Y-N or B-R-I-N. Of course, we're unique. In fact, a lot of people say you're very, very unique. In fact, unique is like a compliment because I'm usually way out there. Weirdo. All right. So ask Brian spelled with an E for a number of reasons. One reason we spell it with an E is we try to educate you each week. So if we can educate you and tell you something that you did not know, that's great. In fact, if you take all 350 episodes that we have and you add them all together, you could get your own business education with an E. So that's one reason why Brian is spelled with an E. Another reason why is because we like to get very excited. If you're excited about something, you have passion, and then you have enthusiasm! All right. 
And, of course, the big reason we have the E is we have the engineer. No clap for her. Her name is uh, Jen. We do empathize with the engineer, which is another E that we try to empathize or emphasize on the show. There's so many E's. It's just they're all over the place. Another reason why we have an E is we have experts. And to be an expert on the S. Bryan Network, we usually require 10,000 hours. And we determine that by 40 hours a week, 50 weeks a year is 2,000 times five years. Typically, if you do something for five years, you understand it. But since most people that are listening to the show or people that are starting a business are entrepreneurs, they know that they have to do that in two years. That's how many hours you have to work. You have to work 80, 90 hours a week to really clearly establish a business. Now, we have a lot more reasons, but because we have a great guest today and because we want to get into the show, we're going to stop there and introduce our guest. His name is not Chef, although we're going to call him Chef during the show. I believe his name is Julius. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. Okay, Julius, thanks a lot. And I don't know where you're calling from, but I know it's far, far away, at least two, 3,000 miles away from us. Yes, we are in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Super, super. And so what is the name of your company? We are called Sarge's Shrimp and Grit Sauce. And so is it just a sauce or is it a uh, food company or what exactly? Well, it is primarily a sauce, although we do have a sauce, we have our own grits, and we have a seafood seasoning. So a seasoning is different than a sauce, correct? Yes. We have a separate seafood seasoning, and we use it. Uh, it's good on seafood. Uh, we use it primarily on our shrimp and the shrimp and grits, but it's good on any seafood. So some people want to know a little bit about your background, myself included, and my co-host Alex is like going, Peter, what's it, what, you sure. know, let me get the history. So first of all, before you started this business, did you have any other business experience? Have you started any other business prior to this business? Um, yes, we've had a couple of businesses. Um, I started as a youngster. My first business ever was called Expansion Interiors. We sold wall-to-wall mirrors for apartments. Wow, that's interesting. Wall-to-wall. Yeah, it was interesting. Didn't last long because <laughs> well, you can't, uh, you know, if you mount mirrors to the walls, you're kind of tearing up the walls. <laughs> It doesn't do well in apartments. I think it's great but for real estate. Don't like that for some reason. Is that is yeah? That really? Problem with that? <laughs> go figure. Go figure. I think real yeah, estate agents would love it. Mm-hmm. That way, you go so in there and it's a thousand square feet. It looks like two thousand, right? Yeah. There you go. There you go. So we suffer sometimes from having a good idea or having an idea that we think is good, and we find out. You know, you have to put it out there to see what's up, and you learn as you go. Absolutely, and. <laughs> Any other business you had before you started this business? We also had a mortgage company, which uh, was wonderful until the crash of 2008. I think a lot of businesses mm-hmm. had problems back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that was good. But we actually, we started this in, we started working on it in 2011, and it took us until 2012 to actually uh, hit the street. Mm-hmm. So in particular, we are named Sarge's. Shrimp and Grits, we are named in honor of my dad, who was a Sarge in the military. He was a lifer in the Air Force. Oh, wow. And we started as a food truck, and we were called Sarge's Chef on Wheels. Our menu was based on all the different places we lived, being a military family. So we had uh, dishes from, you know, from all over. Uh, we Just to give you a quick idea, uh, our menu on the truck was... Uh, Caribbean jerk chicken, shrimp po'boys, 
cheesesteaks, hot Italian sausage, homemade turkey burgers, black bean veggie burgers. Um, I'm always forgetting something. Oh, uh, you you got to stop there, Chef. Everybody in the audience is drooling right now. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Well, that was pretty interesting. And then our, uh, our sides were uh, fried okra and grilled asparagus. And that was our everyday menu on the truck. It sounds a little bit like Forrest Gump, you know, shrimp gump or whatever. Yeah. And he was yeah. on those shrimp boats in <laughs> Louisiana. <laughs> so it, it was wide-ranging, but shrimp and grits proved to be our signature dish. It was the most popular dish on the truck. And do you have multiple trucks, or is it just this one truck, or do you have multiple? No, we just had one truck uh, family-operated, me, my wife, my daughter, and um, a cousin or two or a friend or so. Mm-hmm. And actually, we operated the truck for, oh, seven and a half years. And that was all around the Raleigh area? Is that where you were? Yes, uh-huh. Yep, Raleigh-Durham, yep. What made you think that you could create a sauce and a mixture and these other products that you have and, and say, well, you know what, show In fact, um, our sauce is based on the traditional low country style recipe. My mother was originally from Charleston. And, in fact, I, I got the interest in cooking from my mother. My dad was always uh, off you know, doing his military thing. And so I spent a lot of time in the kitchen with my mother growing up. So I, I you know, developed kind of a, an enjoyment of cooking. My mother was the type that if you came to our house, she wouldn't offer you something. She would prepare it and put it down in front of you so that you knew that she truly meant for you to enjoy it. She wasn't those that would, you know, would ask if you would like something. <laughs> she would make it and give it to you. So it was a way of, um, I guess she taught me that it was a way of showing care and love. So the shrimp and grits, again, was our main dish on the truck. Over the years, uh, people were always asking how we made it. First of all, it was interesting to, that we made a what we would consider a restaurant-quality shrimp and grits on a truck almost every day for seven and a half years. So they were always asking how we made it. And my wife had the idea to uh, jar the sauce, to put it in a jar. And uh, like most good husbands, I listened. <laughs> of course. And yeah, tell me about it. And so <laughs> in uh, June of 2019, we received our first shipment of our jarred sauce. And so we, we marketed that from the truck. What, did you find a co-packer and he gave them the recipe? Yeah. Is that, that what he did? Yes. My wife was wonderful in that. We first found out, uh, you know, how you go about producing a product like that in terms of getting all the federal approvals and the, the labeling and so forth and so on. And so we went through that process. We would submit our recipe. We submitted samples to a um, food science laboratory, and they did the processing and uh, created our label, and we went on from there. Did you find that having your former experience, even being out of that, you know, not in that market, but just being mm -hmm. an entrepreneur before, did that help you get through this process? Did it give you the, you know, the ability to, like, follow through and do it? Because it seemed like that lost really easy. Absolutely. Like any process, it's uh, you have to take it one step at a time. And having done multiple businesses or being an entrepreneur, you learn to solve problems as they arise. You're constantly putting fires out. So when you're going through a process like this, it's simply a matter of, of taking each step, completing it, finding out what other steps come in, what else is required, uh, where else you need to go, what you need to do. And so it's a matter of just putting out each fire as it comes up. So what was the biggest challenge when you did that? 
The biggest challenge was then finding, um, getting an acceptable recipe and finding um, a manufacturing uh, facility. And our, our product is made locally here in North Carolina with uh, North Carolina products. We're also a member of the uh, Got to BNC Foundation, which highlights uh, companies and products that are made, uh, completely made within North Carolina. Is that a, an industry association or is that a, a North Carolina government type oriented? It's a North Carolina government type thing uh, connected with the Department of Agriculture. So do they offer additional funding or help, assistance? How, how if someone were but, listening in, in North Carolina, how would they, they sure. take advantage of that? Oh, fantastic. That's a great question. They do offer resources for possible funding, but they are very supportive of uh, new businesses. And they have uh, associations that you can join. They help support you. They will have trade uh, events that you can go to. They will have classes that you can learn from. They've been very instrumental in um, getting us moving, you know, from inception all the way through to uh, getting into grocery stores. So they've been very, very helpful there. And I'm sure in any state they would have a Department of Agriculture or a, um, you know, some departments that are designed to help entrepreneurs. I think it's interesting, though, that a lot of entrepreneurs don't realize that there are these resources that are available to them for that. And, you know, that can be a big part. Just even talking to like-minded entrepreneurs or getting that step up can take a lot of stress off and get you going faster. And really, sometimes, speed to market is the key. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as you say, uh, being able to join with other like-minded people, other people that are trying to do what you're doing or or trying, you know, in terms of developing a business, things like that. Mainly surrounding yourself with positive people that are uh, helping to go in a positive direction. And so, for instance, to do that first order, I mean, how many sauce bottles did you have to order? I mean, is it like 1,000, 10,000, 100,000? No, it was uh, the good thing with a, uh, when you're starting out with a co-packer, they will have, they'll have a tiered process. So your first batch would not be your necessary production batch. It would just be a starting batch. So that might be, you know, at a level of a few thousand dollars rather than, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. So you would get a chance to create your product, utilize your product, uh, get it out in the market, see how it goes, and then you would go back in and, and reorder or, you know, increase your production. In that sense, it was very reasonable. Now, when I mentioned just a few thousand dollars, uh, that's not a little bit of money. But in terms of uh, producing a product, that's not an overbearing burden if you're trying to uh, create something that you're going to put on the shelves. If we're looking at your website, drooling a little on mm-hmm. there, I noticed that most of your sales are online. You do have a couple local people, it looks like, and it seems like it's more of a local dish. I mean, I'm from Southern California, and I have to admit, uh, shrimp and grits, not exactly on the menu every place here, although it would okay. be really exciting. And so what made you choose going that route rather than, you know, hitting up all the local supermarkets and places like that? Or maybe you're okay. still going there. Well, we're still doing that. But in particular, first of all, there was a uh, restaurant uh, located here in Chapel Hill, which uh, pretty much began, although shrimp and grits has been a, a southern staple since the beginning of time, This particular restaurant in Chapel Hill made it famous, and it began popping up on the menus of restaurants, uh, certainly all over the South and nationwide, but not as big. 
So it was that that uh, created the quote unquote uh, you know interest in in shrimp and grits. And again, it's something that started in the low country of uh, South Carolina, Georgia, and it was uh, it was a meal that the workers you know they lived by the coast by the marshlands, and so shrimp was something they could get kind of freely. And grits were cheap, and they would make the grits and top it with shrimp before they would go to work, or they would take it with them out on their boats. So let me ask a question on distribution. Sure. You created this, uh, you know, this product, all right? These sauce, etc. How do you first get it out to to stores? Did you go to the local Kroger store or or Wegmans or whatever and and ask? How did you get it even started? Well, in fact, that's generally how you start. But it turns out that most of the uh, grocery stores, the Kroger's, the Whole Foods, the Wegmans, they have uh, sort of what you would call a clearinghouse that you would go through in order to gain access to them. It's a company called Range Me, and what happens is you sign up for Range Me, you submit your products, you submit your insurance, you go through all the motions to show the stores that you are capable of doing business at whatever level they may require. So it, that's pretty much how you gain entry into the stores. Now, in particular, we were blessed enough that we had a chance for some store buyers to sample our products. So we are in a small eastern grocery store chain, which is owned by Kroger's here in North Carolina, or actually in seven states on the East Coast, called Harris Teeter. And how so did you get we the are product? In, uh, Oh, 265 stores in seven states in the East Coast here. Yes. That's so, awesome. Let me cover some of the uh, the basic stuff of the sauce itself. Um, first of all, just for the record, there's never been a already made for you shrimp and grit sauce on the market. There's always a kit or something to that effect. But this sauce is already made for everyone. All they do is scoop it out of the jar, add some chicken broth and shrimp, and it's ready in minutes. Wow. Of course, you cook your grits separately, and then you, you, know, you pour it over your grits. But the interesting thing is, in our sauce, although it is designed for shrimp and grits, there's actually no shrimp in the sauce. So for anyone who has a seafood aversion or, or doesn't do shrimp, they can use the sauce with any protein that they like. In addition, if you're not into grits, you could use it over rice or over pasta. In fact, we make what, what a, would you, a. What would you say it, it tastes like? I mean, obviously it's unique, but if you were mm-hmm. to look at it, what does it taste like? It would be a savory, garlic flavored gravy. Boy, that's the best description I've got. <laughs> wow. It, mm-hmm. I guess it would be um, let's just have people buy it and try it, and, and then they'll know, right? Well, that would do it. That would do it. But again, the good thing is they can use it with grits and with shrimp. Or they can use it with chicken or any protein they like, and they can use it over rice or over pasta. It makes a great – in fact, I've got one guy that does a salmon and pasta dish, wow. which is really, really nice with it. So it has little versatility. So how, how did you get the buyers to even try it or taste it? I mean, you know, you know that's well, a great connection. We, uh, you have, we but... attended food shows, which is uh, the way to, to get in front of most of the buyers the easiest way. And luckily, we had some buyers that came by and tasted it, and we're pretty impressed. So is is there an association that sponsors these type of events? Yes. There are specialty food associations. 
which is a uh, nationwide organization. You can join that, and then they offer trade shows. You can to go to the trade shows or you can participate, you know, and offer samples at the trade shows, things like that. And are there distributors out there? Absolutely. Distributors are, are there also. And in fact, when we first started, we were offered a, a deal with a distributor, but then we were, uh, Harris Teeter decided they would rather take us in direct. And the distributor was going to, for instance, was going to start us in 30 stores uh, as a test program. And uh, Harris Teeter decided to, to go ahead and put us in the full 265 stores of their uh, that they had. Now, you said they're part of the Kroger chain. Is that correct? Yes, they are owned by Kroger. Mm-hmm. So is there a way from there to get into other Kroger stores because you have the connection? We're working on it. We're working on it. And how mm-hmm. long have you been at this? What, two, three years? Yes, we started selling our sauce in 2019. Uh, when the pandemic hit in 2020, I have some health issues, and so it wasn't worth continuing the uh, risk on the truck. So we stopped running the truck and have just been marketing our sauce since then. So 2020 for the most part in terms of earnest. And in addition to selling it through the stores, you're also selling it online. How do you get people to come to your website to buy it? That is the biggest dilemma, and we uh, we live and learn with that each and every day. <laughs> you and everybody else. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the what the sixty four thousand dollar question. <laughs> yeah, well, no, so we're always infl- trying to do things to increase our exposure. With inflation, it's a two hundred fifty six thousand dollar or five hundred twelve thousand yeah, dollar question. Really? Yeah. <laughs> true. True. So, for people just getting started in this. Mm -hmm. You started with the food truck. You made the transition. Did you, you know, the food truck is an interesting area too. They're they're a big thing here. Was that very Mm -hmm. difficult to get into? And and was it a good starting point? I mean, did it give you you the Uh, idea to know which was the best product you were going to start with? It was an excellent starting point. It is a fantastic industry. It is wonderful to start that way. The barrier to restaurants for most individuals is the startup cost. So to do a brick and mortar is, you know, is tremendously expensive, but you can do a food truck for much less. Now, of course, when we started, there were only 20 food trucks in our whole metropolitan area. By the time we stopped, there were maybe 180. Oh, my gosh. And that's less than 10 years, right? I mean, that's only, what, seven years, eight years? Yeah. And yep, so, yeah, the food truck is a fantastic avenue. It gives you the capability of getting started with much less of a financial outlay. But most importantly, the food truck model gives you the ability, unlike a brick and mortar, where you have to, quote unquote, pay to bring customers into your location through advertising, in a sense. With the food truck, you get to go to where the crowd is. Yeah, I'm really excited to understand about you know, the marketing of the sauce and how, you know, it's a, it's really local understanding that. And if you want to take it out there, I, I know she've added some other product. Was that to expand the market or were these, were these things that you were asked for or were these just expansions from the food truck? How did you determine what to build in your product line and why did you do that? Sure. The main start was people wanted uh, the shrimp and grits exactly like I made it on the truck. And so the natural progression was that we developed our own grits, 
We have them specifically ground just for us, and they're ground for a creamy texture and a robust flavor. We developed our seafood seasoning in terms of seasoning our shrimp that we would use in the shrimp and grit sauce. So these two products were synonymous with our end result shrimp and grits. So that's how they came about in terms of expanding the product line. In our uh, seafood seasoning, it is a, a combination of uh, spices and herbs uh, as, as usual. But one thing we do, um, it, it is not low sodium, but it is a lower sodium than most of the seasonings you would find on the market. And the last thing we do is we use rice hulls to keep from caking so that we don't have to use a chemical product in the seasoning. Are these products oh, wow. natural? Or? They're natural in the uh, in the seasoning. Mm-hmm. And once you're in a store, so like you're in that Harris store, is it easy? Harris Teeter. Mm-hmm. Harris Teeter. Once you're in Harris Teeter, we, you have you know five more products. Can you put me in, or is it like each one is separate in terms of determining whether? Well, each one is separate. So we now have uh, Harris Teeter has picked up our seasoning, so we have our seasoning and the sauce in their stores. They have not picked up the grits yet. And that's probably due to their uh, existing relationship with, you know, a number of grits manufacturers to begin with. And the Harris Treater stores are in what states besides North Carolina? Uh, They are in uh, North and South Carolina, Virginia, Georgia, uh, Maryland, D.C., and Delaware. So that's kind of like mid-Atlantic to the south. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, Oh, that's interesting. And. What's your expansion plan? Well, we're currently working on a food service version. The good thing, again, about our sauce is all of the hard work is already done. When I used to make uh, shrimp and grits at home, uh, I would make a mess in the kitchen because I would pull every spice out of the cabinet. Not that I was using them all, but I had to pull them out to find the ones I needed. So the benefit to the sauce is it can be made quickly. All the hard work is already done. Uh, you just put it in a pan, add some chicken broth, heat it up till it's smooth, and you're ready to go. So it's very quick. So we're working on a food service version where restaurants can uh, offer shrimp and grits and prepare it and get it to the table with a 10 or 12-minute uh, ticket time. That, that's super. Do you think that you'll be able to expand nationwide without the, besides the Internet? Well, we ship nationwide currently. Uh, we are on our site, and actually, I've been saving the best for last, uh, Brian with an E. Uh, <laughs> our stuff is available at Easy Shrimp and Grits with an E. <laughs> EasyShrimpandGrits.com. Is that Easy or E-A-S-Y? Sorry, that's E-A-S-Y. Okay. EasyShrimpandGrits.com. All right. So how can people purchase this product if they don't live? in the mid-Atlantic to southern states. So I live in uh, uh, Texas or somewhere. Certainly. We are available uh, online. You can find us at easy, that's E-A-S-Y, shrimpandgrits.com. We are available on Amazon also, but our direct website is easyshrimpandgrits.com. And spelled A-N-D, correct? Uh, yes. Shrimp and grits spelled out in full. Mm-hmm. I was just going to mention that I, I felt I wanted to mention one more time that, that we were named Sarges in honor of my dad, who uh, was a lifer in the military. Now, he spent uh, 30 years. He did World War II, Korea, and Vietnam. Wow. 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 
And, and you traveled around in, quite a bit when you were younger. You were saying that a lot of your recipes yes. came from different places. Exactly. Did yes, you have a favorite? In, uh, you have a favorite city and a favorite place where you uh, were where yes, you uh, were inspired. My favorite was Ipswich, England. Oh wow! Okay. Ipswich. Mm-hmm. There's something very famous. Yep. I can't remember what it is. I remember seeing that name before. Ipswich. Well, yeah, there is an Ipswich. That's the hard part. <laughs> there's an Ips- yeah. <laughs> when you get older, you know. <laughs> Alex. There's an Ipswich, Massachusetts, also. Oh, yeah. There's definitely something. Mm-hmm. Very and popular. what recipe came out of there, Chef? That would have been our turkey sandwich on, on the truck. We called it a turkey Caesar. That's what I call Alex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been called that a few times. Yes, thank you. One thing I want to let everybody know, if anybody has missed any part of this show, we are available on a podcast version, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to it. It will be available in about 10 days to two weeks from now. Also available on YouTube, and it's on Facebook Live currently through hometownstation.com. So if anybody has missed any part of the show and wants to go back and catch it or miss something, they can catch the rest. Now. As far as the product goes, Mm -hmm. where do you see this company in five years from now? Well, as I said, we're working to open a food service capability. So we see the expansion into restaurants all over nationwide, as well as uh, into additional retail spaces. But frankly, we currently go out on weekends to flea markets and markets and uh uh, sample and sell our sauce, and we enjoy that aspect of it. And so we'll keep doing that even as we grow. How expensive is it to have one of those food trials where you go out to a booth somewhere and, or, or to a supermarket and offer it for, uh, for people? Is that very expensive? Well, frankly, since COVID, uh, the supermarkets cut that back. So they will have contracts with specific nationwide companies to do sampling in their stores now. Whereas uh, prior to COVID, you could go in the stores and do that. We have combined with a company called Chefs USA, which is contracted uh, with Kroger and Harris Teeters to do food demos in their stores. Well, mm-hmm. we have 20 seconds. Yeah, I've left. noticed, Chef, that you have a, a contact the chef or contact Julius right on your website. Does that really go to you? Do you have that Oh, person? absolutely. That is my direct cell number. Yes, sir. That's why he's getting calls at 2 a.m. We tell customers, call us anytime. Well, just like 867-5309. Jen's getting calls all the time, too. All right. (laughs) Unfortunately, unfortunately, the show is over in terms of time. We really appreciate it. It's uh, Easy Shrimp. Thank you so much. EasyShrimpAndGrits.com, and we'll we'll be able to see that on our show notes. Thank you, Alex. Okay. And that's it. Over and out, the S. Brian Radio Show. Cases 1290.1. Thank you for tuning in to the Ask Brian Radio Show. You can listen to us every Thursday on KTHS AM 1220 and FM 98.1 or via Facebook Live or anytime wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit AskBrian.com to join the conversation and ask us your business questions, and we'll answer them on our next episode. That's AskBrien.com.